Hey, I'm Brian, and I'm very excited to share my advice verses with you. Uh, this is actually a verse that uh, first kind of stood out to me when I was watching VeggieTales with my kids. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's basically vegetables ask, acting out uh, Bible stories. It's <laughs> a good time. Um, but honestly, it's actually a, a small chunk of scripture that has really shaped like every area of my life. It's such a profound little little verse. So um, before I get into it, I just want to share a quick story. Uh, when I was a preteen, my parents had a cool little sporty kind of sedan, and uh, it was actually promised to me. So when I would get a little bit older, uh, my parents would get a new car and they would give me that car. And I was very excited for this very sporty little sedan. Um, unfortunately, things didn't work out that way. Um, my parents actually split. The car got totaled in the process, and the whole thing was really messy. And um, yeah, we ended up getting a different vehicle, and there was a lot of pain and, and grief in that process of my life. Uh, and it's really interesting looking back at how much that bothered me about the car. Um, and it's like, it's so selfish. <laughs> my family fell apart, and all I could think about was this stupid car. Um, and uh, I think we can all be really self-centered sometimes. Um, obviously, I was when I was looking back, but I think we all have a little bit of that. Um, I think of when I hear people praying uh, for their sports team to win. I always find that kind of funny because um, you would hear people say, well, I would never wish bad on anybody. You know, It's like, well, when you're praying for your sports team to win, you're actually praying for all the people on the other team to lose. That's what you're praying for. So you are kind of wishing bad on others. <laughs> That's, anyways. Um, so I just want to tell this famous story. Uh, it's Joshua and the Battle of Jericho. Again, childhood story. Uh, pretty classic. Uh, bit of context. Basically, God had promised this land to the Israelites. But when they get there, there's this city there with a big wall around it. So it's a bit of a, okay, what do we do here? And so they're kind of confused. And Joshua, actually, the leader of the people, goes off to the side to kind of pray. Okay. So I'm reading for Joshua 5, verse 13. It says, Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Which, side note, I think is a pretty reasonable question, right? He's going into battle with Jericho, and there's this guy in the middle of nowhere with a sword. It's a reasonable question. Are you for us or are you for our enemies? But listen to what he says. Verse 14, he says, Neither. He replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked, what message does my Lord have for his servant? So it's interesting because he asks this question. And I think of sometimes when people say, are you doing this or are you doing this? Um, and you know, sometimes it's like, is it A or B? And they say, yes, or they say neither. And you're like, oh, I thought, and it's like you realize actually we were asking the wrong question, right? Um, and that's what Joshua was doing. He was asking the wrong question. He said, are you for us or for our enemies? He was thinking in that moment from his own perspective. Now, to be fair, Joshua going into Jericho was a pretty important moment in history. We're still talking about it thousands of years later. So obviously, it was pretty important. Um, but again, in that moment, it was actually a matter of asking the wrong question and having the wrong perspective, which I thought was really interesting. And right after that, he gets the right perspective. He falls down in reverence and he says, what message does my Lord have for his servant? In other words, what would you have us do? You know. Um, and I think my kids are a great example of this kind of a situation. Whenever my kids get into any sort of dispute, I can hear them fighting in the other room. I hear footsteps stomping down the hall. I know 
Whichever kid comes down the hall, the first word out of their mouth is the name of the other kid. 100% of the time, Anna comes down that hall, first word out of her mouth is, David did this, and whatever it is that he did that makes her so angry. But when my kids come to me in those situations, what they're actually looking for is for me to take their side. That's what they really want, right? They're saying, hey, we're having a bit of a dispute, we can't solve it, but I'm right, right? Like, you're on our side, right? Um, and it's funny because a lot of the time, I'm not on either of their side. A lot of the time, it's like, no, you're actually not even supposed to be arguing about this situation. You know, can I watch this or can I watch this? Well, I told you no TV right now. Or he was saying this and she was saying this. It's like, well, actually, someone else is sleeping in the house right now. So I actually need you to be quiet. Um, and we are just like that, you know, in our own lives. Whenever we have any kind of troubles, any kind of dispute, any kind of issue, we often go to God with kind of this perspective of, God, won't you just take my side? Won't you just do things the way I want them to be done? Won't you just make it work out the way I want it to work out? And the thing is, we're often looking at things from a temporary perspective. Um, but remember, God lives outside of time. He's eternal. He literally created time. You can stand there and see the beginning of time and the end of time at the same time. We, our brains can't even comprehend all that stuff. Um, and we need to trust in his perspective. I think whenever you see any of those car chases on TV, when there's like a, a bank robber or something like that, and uh, the police are trying to chase this person, they don't show you the camera from the cars. They show you the camera from the helicopter because it's just so much more helpful to have that overhead perspective. you know. Um, and this verse or this story, when the angel says neither, is such a good reminder of, oh yeah, don't have our own temporary perspective, but actually... Ask God what he is doing in that situation. Um, it's been actually helpful for me to be reminded of this in this current season that we're in with COVID. Um, and just kind of being like, oh yeah, actually, God's not surprised by this season. Um, and he's probably not put all of his plans on pause for this season. So what what is God doing in this season? And again, a lot of the time we're kind of praying from our own perspective and going, oh, I wish things would work out the way I want them to. But actually, it's a matter of going, God, what are you doing in this season? And how do I... How do I play a part of that? What would you have us do? You know, as Joshua said. Um, and so I think what's interesting is, is that Jesus was the ultimate example of this. Jesus was uh, a good and perfect version of Joshua. Um, he literally said in the garden before green, being crucified, he said, God, if it's possible, I would love for this to not happen. But you know what? Not my will, but yours be done. I think we would all love to think that we would do that, but it's actually really hard. And actually, Jesus did it. Jesus was the perfect example of that. And so, in closing, I just want to challenge you, if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, um, take a moment, step back from your own personal life um, and your own challenges, and think if you've been living from your own story, from your own perspective, or if you've been saying, God, what are you doing? What would you have me do in this situation? And again, as a follower of Jesus, to follow Jesus's example that he gave to us, which is a full surrender and saying, you know what? It's not about what I want. It's about what you want, God. What do you want us to do? If you don't consider yourself a follower of Jesus, I want to challenge you. Um, again, don't live in that perspective of, is God for me or is he against me in these situations um, in life? Actually, when you think about it, God is holy and perfect um, and we fall way short in front of him. We are so far from perfect. Um, even the fact that of us asking the question, God, are you for me or against me? And assuming that the universe revolves around us is selfish in and of itself. Um, 
But the amazing thing is that while we were against God, while we were his enemies, he actually was for us. That's the crazy thing. He sent his son to die for us while we were his enemies. He didn't wait for us to get on his side. He actually sent his son in advance before knowing all of the things that we would do, which is just absolutely amazing. And so I would encourage you, um, implore you even, um, like Joshua, to realize that we've been asking the wrong question. Realize you've been asking the wrong question. Fall on your face and surrender and say, God, what would you have me do? Um, and acknowledge that while you were against him, he was for you, and to surrender to him and to his story.